Henry Ruggs pleaded guilty to his DUI case. Foster Moreau is coming back home. The defensive teams for the NBA are in, but one notable name is missing. The NFL schedules are coming, but it looks like one of our southern teams is going to London. Can Georgia football catch a break? We've got a good bit in store on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake'sSill14. Joining me later on is my host, Christy, for Christy's Corner. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok, at Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. Your home for all sports in different forms and varieties. Well, first... And well, first things first, you know, we've got a lot to discuss. I didn't really think we would have a lot to talk about in May. Usually when we do our May episodes, we're focusing on the cities and kind of just how we can get the culture up. But now it's seeming like we have a lot of news coming out, a lot of information coming out. So one of the first things I want to talk about is the Henry Ruggs situation. Now, for those of you who might not have remembered, Henry Ruggs was recently just pleading guilty to his DUI. And he pled guilty to driving drunk at 156 miles per hour. He accepted his plea deal and he's going to get between three to 10 years in prison. Now, this happened about a year and a half ago when he was driving 156 miles per hour. He was drunk and he sadly killed a woman and her dog while they were driving back. He was ultimately released by the Las Vegas Raiders, I think, the very next day. And then many former teammates were, you know, talking about how this just was so surprising. You know, Tua Tagovailoa had discussed this. Nick Saban had talked about it. I believe Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and I believe Jalen Waddle. And those three, you know, were very close with Henry, had all talked to him about it. So it was definitely very surprising for him to, you know, be in this situation, especially because... As sad as it sounds, he lost his best friend in a car accident. Now, with this, you know, he is having to be, you know, put into jail just because of the whole thing. And it's obviously definitely a little, you know, sad. But right now, the judge accepted the plea deal. Originally, he was on house arrest. And I think he had some opportunity to go out and work out and play football. I don't know if he's going to have that opportunity now. I mean, I don't know where he's going to be incarcerated, if he's going to be in Las Vegas, if it's going to be somewhere else. But right now, you know, this is definitely very sad to hear because he was a very talented wide receiver at Alabama. And I remember watching him my last two years of college and just saw how dynamic he was. You know, he was a speed guy. And I know now people are making the jokes about, oh, yeah, he definitely loves speed. But with this, you know, you have to remember how important life and your choices are. You know, Nick Saban had talked about how someone should have taken his keys or something. I stand by that because at the end of the day, it's one or two choices that can impact your life. Now, another question that many people might be asking is, will he ever play again? I don't think he will. You know, I hate to say that because I always root for Alabama alumni or Alabama players. But with this, it's hard to come back from something of this caliber. It's hard to come back from something of this nature. And I mean, I still feel bad because every teammate who has talked about him or talked to the press about him has said how he knew better and how this was not him. So ultimately, I mean, he is learning 
but sadly it's not going to bring back this person and their life is still over and ultimately Henry's career from what it looks like is over as well. Now on to our next point with it still being the NBA playoffs and this is going to be our conference semifinals. We are waiting to see what's going to happen in the next round of games. Now, obviously with this, we've got some game sixes, which is exciting. You know, I love game six. There was one time where I had said, if I had the opportunity, we would have always game sevens. As much as I know some people are going to hate that, especially if your teams are in the playoffs, game sevens are fun. We don't do that enough. You know, we do game seven in basketball and base. We don't do it in football. It's just, hey, we're going to play one game. But anyway, with this, at the time of this recording, we have game six tonight for Philadelphia and Boston. We've got game six for the Nuggets and the Suns. And then we've also got game six tomorrow for the Knicks and the Heat and the Warriors and the Lakers. Now, really with this, Miami is playing some really great basketball. Now, I know that they had the opportunity to finish up the series, but still, you know, New York fought back, but they've been playing some really good basketball. And they're also doing this without Tyler Hero. You know, Tyler Hero has not played since game one against the Bucks. And for this team, you know, Jimmy Butler is your star. And then you got Bam out of IO. But then you have so many players stepping up. I think I saw a graphic yesterday that at one point they had 42 bench points for the Miami Heat. That's just incredible. I don't think most teams usually have that luxury, but for the Miami Heat to have that, that's just amazing. Now, another question I want to bring up is, can the 76ers win out? The reason being is because the 76ers sometimes do struggle to put out games. We don't know what version of James Harden we're going to get. We don't know what version of Tyrese Maxey we're going to get. Joel Embiid is great, but can he fix all the other problems? Now, with the Boston Celtics, you have two of the best players in the NBA. Both of them are Supermax extension available, I guess that's the best way. Or no, they are. They have the option for a Supermax. They're, yeah, they're ready to have a Supermax if it's possible. But with this, you know, they are two of the best players. You've got great you know, point guard, you've got great bench, but Jason Tatum has been missing a lot. So I feel like with this, it's on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown if this team wants to move on and force the game seven. Now, can they do it? I'm going to say something very controversial, and I'm also going to say this to a Jalen Brown fan. They need to run the offense through him sometimes. When they run it through Jason Tatum recently, they're finding a way to not have that momentum. You need to have some more catch-and-shoot threes. You need to get into the paint. You need to find a way for Jason Tatum to not go cold when he's scoring. Jason Tatum going cold is what's going to contribute to the potential loss and you getting swept. Now, with this too, we have another game tonight with it being the Denver Nuggets and the Suns. Now, the Suns are going to be without DeAndre Ayton, so we're going to see what happens there. But they've been staying competitive. You know, most people expected that the Suns would get swept by the Nuggets. And the Nuggets have been playing really good with the runner-up and Nikola Jokic. But still with this, you know, they've been keeping it really close. And even their owner was able to get them a point with a technical foul on Nikola Jokic. Now, do I entirely agree with it? I don't know. I haven't watched 
the clip too many times, so I'll just kind of have to see you there. But still, I mean, you know, they've had a great few games. Can they force a game seven? I don't really know. I mean, we don't know if Chris Paul's going to be back yet. And this is going to be a Kevin Durant, Devin Booker show. So a lot of pressure is going to be on them. But I really hope that they can. And of course, we also have the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. I watched that game. Golden State was not missing a beat. They were hitting three. Stephen Curry looks great. My biggest concern is Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson has not looked his part recently. He needs to find a way to figure out how he can improve because they're going to double Steph, and Klay is the second-best player on that team. So if Steph isn't hitting shots, then Klay needs to. Andrew Wiggins, I know we give Andrew Wiggins a lot of crap, but he's looked pretty good. Jordan Poole has not. So maybe... Andrew Wiggins is more due for an extension than Jordan Poole was. And next up, we really want to focus on Anthony Davis. What's his status? He did have a head injury. And right now they're saying that he should be fine. But we really don't know. Remember, Anthony Davis has a really bad luck with the injury history. But here are a few games. Because I feel like a lot of these games could turn into a game seven. And while I know that would be stressful to the fans, it would be really fun to see for basketball fans. Now, our focus is on the NFL in this point. Now, we've talked about the NFL recently with the draft and then with, you know, some free agency and some trades. But right now, I think a bigger thing that needs to be discussed is the schedule release. Now, in most recent years, the schedule release wasn't really a big deal. I mean, you would look to see, all right, who are we going to play? What of our teams are going to play? And if you're in a certain division, you know who you're going to be playing. You know, you have 17 games and you kind of expect you know who's going to play who so for the NFC South you all play each other and those are going to be you know six of your games so then you think about all right well what are the other ones going to be am I going to play this team am I going to play this team and I think right now with the rise of you know social media and just people wanting to hype up anything because we're bored this is why the schedule releases kind of became a thing So really with this, my first question is, do we really need a full segment on this for the NFL Network? I'm going to say no, but I mean, I feel like people miss football enough to where they want to watch something like this. So I mean, more power to you this. Now, next up, we've got some international games and one of them really being the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, for some reason, they love playing internationally and they do really well in international games. I don't know why. So maybe it could be time where we get a team in London? I don't really know. We have a game on Christmas. You know, we've got a game being played between the Eagles and the Giants. That's a terrific rivalry. I feel like this will be a really great game, especially because the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl last year. And then we also have the Giants who really are putting together a pretty solid, you know, first year under Brian Dable. They've got Saquon coming back, Daniel Jones coming back. They had a pretty solid draft. So I think with this, you know, this could be a pretty good game. Now, do we know which team will have the easiest schedule? Not really. I mean, this is kind of the fun of it, just figuring out, you know, which team's going to have the easiest schedule, which team might have the best schedule or, you know, might do the best here. We truly don't know, but there's a lot to be excited for here. Now, really with this, it comes down to scheduling. Will this benefit our small market teams? I think it's too early to tell. 
I mean, you know, our, our small market teams had pretty good drafts. They did pretty decently when it came to free agency and trades. So I feel like they could have a few good, you know, games. They could have a pretty good season. Could one of them make the playoffs? Maybe. I mean, the Falcons had a great draft. The Saints had a pretty good draft. We already talked about the Carolina Panthers. And then with the Titans, you know, they've been pretty good recently, too. So I think, you know, they could be set. But here's the thing about our small market teams. They all have to play each other. I mean, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints all play each other. So that's where things kind of get tricky. Because, you know, one of them is going to be the winner. One of them is not going to win. So could it be the Falcons? Could it be the Saints? Could it be the Panthers? We really don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's one team out of those three that you can just say, yeah, you know, we're going to be great. We're going to be in good position here. But, you know, get excited because with the schedule release coming out, you know, football season is very soon. And then we're going to see preseason games. We're going to be seeing cuts. We're going to be seeing some trades. And before we know it, it's going to be September and it's going to be time for football. And it's Friday, which means it is time for Christy's Corner. Check in with Christy as she breaks down some news in regards to the NFL, some college football news, and in regards to some other things as well. You don't want to miss her on this corner. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Welcome back to another episode of Christy's Corner. I feel like this is kind of going to be a sandwiched episode, so I'm going to start with some good, lighthearted news. The middle is kind of going to get a little shaky, and then the end will pick it back up. So to start, I'm going to talk about Foster Moreau. If you'll remember, we talked about him back mid-NFL season. He was a tight end free agent, and earlier this year, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and this was actually found when he was attending some trainings and some meetings with teams. He had met with the Saints and he had met with the Bengals. The Saints had their doctors actually give him like a physical, medical physical, and during that is when they found the cancer. So obviously he was out for a while. He's receiving treatment still, but the Saints have agreed to a contract with him, and that is for three years worth $12 million. That's an $8 million guarantee with $3 million in incentives. So he is set to return to start playing next week. Now, they're not sure how much he's going to participate. He is not cancer-free as of yet. He's still receiving treatments, but he has been cleared to play. Those treatments are working and are progressing. So he came from LSU. So I think it's super cool that he gets to play in the same state. He played with the Raiders right out of the draft. But I love that the Saints signed him. I mean, you can't hold this against him. This is not something he asked for. It's not a wish that he would probably wish on anybody else either. So I love that they're giving him a chance. Again, we don't know how much he can participate, but for them to take that leap of faith in him, I think is huge. And the Saints needed a veteran tight end. So even if he just comes in sort of as a mentor first for some of the younger tight ends, I think it's really beneficial. And I think this is a good sign for the Saints. 
And unfortunately, in another of our Southern teams, our Southern college team, Georgia is in need of some help. So Georgia has another player, Denylon Morissette. He was arrested, and he was arrested on multiple driving charges. The most intense one was driving under the influence of drugs, and he also had driving too fast, driving too close, and then there was a Class D license restriction. Basically, he wasn't supposed to drive between certain times, and he was. This was around, like, 3 in the morning. This is the fourth member of the 2022 Georgia team that has gotten arrested since they won the national championship. And three of those arrests have been driving related. I'm not sure what is going on with these players. You would think that one time this would happen to big name players who unfortunately experience the worst of the worst that could have come out of something like this. You think that would be a wake-up call. You would think that you would learn that you are not invincible no matter who you are, no matter where you play, no matter how much money you're making as a 20-some-year-old. At some point, people need to stop. And I do think we need to hear more from Kirby Smart. And I'm sure he's having meetings with his players and his team and his staff. We're not there. We don't know what's being said. But Kirby is leaving a lot for the media to wonder and fans. Like, we're not hearing much from them. I think he did make one press conference when the fatal crash happened. But we need to hear more. We need to hear what's being done because this is just not okay. It's not a good precedent to set. I'm afraid that it could tarnish Georgia's reputation. It could tarnish their recruitment process. It could tarnish a lot of things for this name they were setting for themselves. And just when we thought one player had kind of resolved his issue and his involvement in a situation, his name comes back out in the news. And I'm speaking of Jalen Carter, and Jalen Carter was involved in that fatal crash right after the national championship game where Devin Willock did pass away. And in that instance, you had Jalen Carter racing in one vehicle against Chandler LaCroix, who was the driver of the other vehicle, where Devin Willock was a passenger. And that ended in his death. Now, Jalen Carter was sentenced. He pleaded no contest to reckless driving and a few other charges. And I think he serves probation and some fines. He did not get jail time. And we know he was just drafted. I think he went number nine. So we thought, you know, things were looking up for him. I think he felt that remorse and that guilt. He turned himself in right away when the warrant came out. So he was doing the right thing. But I do think there is some closure that other families are looking for. So Devin Willock's dad has sued Jalen Carter. And there's a couple people named in this lawsuit. So I'm not sure if the $40 million he is asking for is just from Jalen or if it's from the group in general. So along with Jalen, he's also suing the University of Georgia Athletic Association and others like... There's a company that had an NIL deal for Jalen. 
who actually gave him the vehicle he was driving that night. And then there's a club that is being sued where Jalen was seen drinking before he drove and the rest followed. So unfortunately, this situation, this case is not going away anytime soon. There's a lot more to come from it. I'm even wondering if we're going to see Kirby's name come up in a lawsuit, depending on how things are being handled. And that's why I'm saying that Kirby needs to be more public in telling us what he is doing with that team, because there needs to be something done. And I don't know what that is. I don't have the answer. Some kind of program, something. It's just really sad to see a team who is building this dynasty have so much tragedy following them. But I'm going to try to sandwich that in with some fun and more lighthearted news. And of course, I can't record an episode of Christie's Corner without some possible heard it here first scenarios. Now, at the time of this recording, the new schedule for the NFL 2023 season had has not come out, but I do have some leaks maybe and some information on that schedule. So there will be 272 games. The Titans versus the Dolphins, look for that to happen December 3rd, which will be a big header. Um, the Steelers play at home a lot. Between like holiday seasons, they only leave once. So I'm not sure how they made that happen, but they may have a good season just because of that. I mean, obviously, home field advantage is a lot. So look for the Steelers to have a good season if that is the case. The Cowboys will be hosting the Patriots week four, and I think a lot of people will kind of take that game and try to set the rest of the season for those two teams, and it'll be interesting if Max starts for that game. We're also predicting the Seahawks versus the Cowboys in Dallas the week after Thanksgiving. So that could be an interesting game because we know Cowboys usually play on Thanksgiving, So are they going to be super rested for that game? That one will be interesting. And then we have something new. The first ever Monday triple header. And it's not Monday night because it starts like midday. And this is actually going to happen on Christmas. And there's some good games. So Raiders and Chiefs, Giants and Eagles, which I'm super excited for that. And Ravens and 49ers, another good one. Remember, these are all just predictions and leaks. And then the Falcons and Jaguars are going to play October 1st. This one is for sure. They are playing in London. And I think this is good for the Falcons. This is not the first time. They've played there three times. And the most recent was 2021 where they won. Now, something that could be interesting is teams are not guaranteed to have their bye week after playing overseas anymore. So both these teams, especially the Falcons, could come back and have to play that very next week and their bye week maybe later on. So that may be a little difficult for teams, I feel. But I'm super excited to see the rest of the season. We do know a little bit about the Patriots. They announced that their home opener is going to have a big tribute to Tom Brady and Jake actually had a heard it here first. He is predicting that um, the Patriots will retire number 12, which I would not be surprised to see that and obviously well-deserved and earned. And for my last point, I can't have my own episode and not talk about Alabama. Like, 
We have to end with Alabama. So they just got a corner from the transfer portal, and that's with Trey Amos. Um, and I think Alabama needed this. Obviously, on A-Day, we saw they kind of struggled in the secondary. And, I mean, for good reason. Three safeties went to the NFL. Three of their cornerbacks have transferred out. So... It was time to bring in someone new. But with that being said, we did have some. We still have Kool-Aid McKinstry, who's one of my favorites. And we have the predicted starter, Tarion Arnold. So Trey Amos comes from Louisiana, where he had three seasons there with 59 tackles. Nick Saban's interesting. (laughs) He could have done this just because he likes to have a stacked roster. But he's also been known to bring people in to create that hunger and competition and make sure people know that even though they may be the best of the best, it doesn't mean you're always safe. It doesn't mean there's not someone right behind you waiting to take your spot. So I think we're going to see a good mix of these three in that position out on the field. And I'm not sure that there's going to be one runaway star. They may all do really well next season, and that's okay with me. But we'll talk more about the NFL schedule once it comes out, and I'll see you next week. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. It's definitely a little weird. I don't know what's going on with Georgia in this case. It seems like we've talked a lot about them. I know we've talked about Alabama a lot, but Georgia, a lot of these players just keep getting arrested. And Kirby, like you said, hasn't been saying a lot, so I'm very concerned because, you know, if they want to be a dynasty – they have to find a way to handle all this with, you know, Devin's dad now suing the Georgia Athletic Department and now with Jalen Carter driving with a suspended license. It's all just insane to me. So I'm really hoping that Georgia does figure it out because right now, you know, no one wants to see a team struggle like this, especially after you just sent out so many of your great players and sets and bedded. I also am predicting that Tom Brady's jersey is going to be retired. If New England fans are going to say, well, he didn't play all the time in New England. Still, he did 20 years there. He played 20 years there. He brought them to their Super Bowls. He's well-liked. He even appeared in their schedule release video, which is still, you know, pretty iconic to me. But anyway, moving on. From that, you know, the schedule releases are going to be coming out. Christina will discuss that on our Tuesday episode. So definitely get excited and we'll see how our teams look in regards to the schedule release and what exactly happens in regards to really these games and if they're going to be good, bad, or anything kind of ugly for our small market teams. But right now, you know, it's definitely a great time. And I know we've talked a lot about the NFL, but let's talk about the NBA. So in our final point, the NBA teams and the defensive teams have been announced. Now, so many of these teams and these players very much deserve it, which is great. You know, when you look at the all NBA team and the NBA all defensive team, you look at this and you think, wow, you know, a lot of these guys definitely deserve it. So let's look at the 2022-2023 NBA Teams and this is the first, the second, and the third team. So, on the first team, you've got SGA, Luca, Joel, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Antetokounmpo. Second team, Stephen Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, Nicole Jokic, Jalen Brown. We love Jalen Brown on this podcast, super exciting here. Third team, 
Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, sorry, De'Aaron Fox, LeBron James, Julius Randle, DeMontis Sabonis. These are pretty solid teams. Now, obviously, one thing that does make me a little upset is that we don't have any small market teams on here. We don't have anyone from the South, so there, no, there's no Brandon Ingram, no John Moran, no Zion Williamson, um, no Trey Young, no DeJounte Murray, and you know, no Lamelo Ball. Is this a problem because we're a small market team? I don't think so. I think right now our standout players are doing really well in the South and in the NBA, but it's hard because these players are a lot better. You know, Giannis is much better than Zion, but then it also comes into the question of, is Jason Tatum better than Brandon Ingram? And then it has other questions too. The Boston Celtics also have, like you said, some trouble because now that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are Supermax eligible, they are going to have to decide if they can keep both of them, which is hard, you know, it's something you don't want to see or really have to deal with. But that is our team in regards to our all-NBA first and second team. Now we're going to look at our all-defensive team because it seems like there's someone missing. Now, with the NBA all-defensive team, we had Jaron Jackson Jr. on the first team. Obviously, well-deserved. You know, he was the defensive player of the year. And then you really look at this and see that there's some kind of concern with these picks as well. And I'm definitely, you know, a little unsure of what was going on here. So obviously, you know, we would pull this up. And really with this, here was what I was concerned about. So obviously we had Jaron Jackson Jr. on the first team. Drew Holiday, former New Orleans Pelican, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Evan Moby, Alex Caruso. Alex Crusoe was definitely a very big surprise. We look at the second team. Derek White, Draymond Green, OG Ananobi, Bam Adebayo, and Dylan Brooks. So obviously we've got the South well represented, but based on my tone, there's someone missing. And that someone is Herbert Keyshawn Jones, which makes zero sense to me because Herb Jones is well known for his defense. He's a terrific player. And he did not make the all-NBA defensive team. He didn't make a single team, which is very surprising to me. I don't know how that happens, but Herb not making the team, unacceptable. Now, according to Propel's talk, it said on here that Herb Jones had more steals per game than Caruso, White, Brooks, and Green. Herb Jones had more deflections than White, Brooks, and Green. Herb Jones averaged more rebounds than Caruso, Brooks, and White. Herb Jones had more charges drawn than everyone. So, with this, was Herb Jones robbed? As an Alabama fan, yes. As a New Orleans Pelicans fan, yes. Herb Jones was 100% robbed. Now, is there a reason why Herb Jones was robbed? Part of it is because of the position he plays. He's listed as a guard, but he plays as a forward. They don't do positionless positions in basketball when it comes to awards, which is why Herb did not get consideration. Do I think in a few years, Herb will get that consideration in regards to an award? Absolutely. But with this, Herb had some really great stats too. And this is why it's very frustrating because when you see someone who is a defensive menace and he's not getting that support because you're going to give it to Dylan Brooks 
who has already been cut by his team, that's just unacceptable. Now here, let's even look at Herb Jones' stats. Now I know that his points aren't going to, you know, wow you or anything, but he started 66 games. He had four rebounds, two assists, 0.6 blocks, which is still pretty good. He averaged close to two steals, and he had 9.8 points. That's pretty similar to what Draymond has. So why is Herb not on there? Is it because he's in a small market? I don't know. I think it's because Herb is still very young. Now, I know that very soon he will get there. He will get his exposure and he'll get his excitement. But I still think this is very unfair. Justice for Herb Jones, I'm going to say it, because he definitely deserves to have that all-defensive selection to his name. Because Herb, you earned it. But I also know that this is going to light a fire under him and the city of New Orleans and the Pelicans. I mean, Trey Murphy has already said he wants to riot. So I think with this, you know, Herb Jones is going to keep working harder. And I think so will the New Orleans Pelicans. So hopefully this shows off well for next year. But that's going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, JakeSill14, or my personal Twitter, at SoWaitsByJake. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore, your home for all sports in different forms and varieties. And just a little reflection, three years ago, we started Jake's Take as a COVID project. As the state of emergency for COVID now ends, it's great to see how much we've been able to do with Jake's Take and how we've gotten so many listeners and so many people to just enjoy the show. It really means a lot. We are not going anywhere. Just because COVID is ending doesn't mean that Jake's Take is ending. Y'all can't get rid of us that easily. But thank you so much for all the love and support. We really could not have done without you. And at the end of the day... Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. It really means a lot. But continue to be great. Be the best version of you can be. Bring smiles into this world. Be a light and be sunshine in this world because it definitely needs some more smiles. And as always, as always, as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.